podcast starts now. Hey, good people. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. This is Jay-Z bringing you your dose of the midweek muscle. Oh my gosh. Already out the gate. This first week flew past and you are now in the presence of one excited girl for her football team, go Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> and of course, feeling hopeful from the news of Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin and his steady, excellent, amazing and miraculous recovery. Oh my gosh, what a week. Uh, but we're also on the heels of more news and more news and more news. And so for that, just welcome. Welcome to a brand new episode of a new week of the Midweek Muscle. And so I thank you for joining us today, however you're deciding to join, whether this is afternoon or evening or Thursday or Saturday or Sunday for you. Still happy you joined. Still happy someone pointed you in this direction. Still happy you remembered. Still happy you clicked a few clicks to make your way to listen. However you got here, I'm excited for that. And so I thank you. Um, and so just a quick checklist before we jump in today is uh, your first of the year checklist. Are you getting it down? Are you getting it together? We have finances. We have jobs. We have, um, you know, approaching the new year with a new mindset. We have, uh, you know, just quick reminders of things that maybe we want to check off the bucket list or things that we hope to do for this year, including uh, trying something new or, you know, revisiting something that we maybe attempted last year, the year before pre-COVID, whatever that looks like, or pre the onset of COVID, right? Um, so one more thing that I'd like to add to that checklist that I'm adding today is a newly adjusted this. What is the this? Well, I'm glad you asked because we'll get into that right after some for the culture trivia. Why do I have to say it so weird and so rude? <laughs> like, like, is that building suspense or something? I really do need to find, um, I don't know, maybe a tune or something that introduces it a little bit better than me. Either way it goes. I'm happy to do it because I love some trivia. So get your thinking caps on. And get yourselves ready because we're getting ready to get it started. So let's go. POTUS, in the word POTUS, P stands for what? Name two black suits in a deck of cards. The Gettysburg Address was delivered during which war? What is over there? Spell the word there. Luke, I am your father, came from which character in the popular movie Star Wars? I left you no time. I left you no time because that's how we get down. How'd you do? How'd you do? Let's go over it. The P in the word POTUS stands for what? P, President of the United States, just in case you weren't up on your acronyms. There you go. Uh, name two black suits in a deck of cards. If you answered spades and clubs, you'd be correct. 
The Gettysburg Address was delivered during which war? If you answered the Civil War, you'd be correct. The Battle of Gettysburg, you know, history, or not world history, U.S. history, yeah, oh, okay. Um, what is over there? Spell the word there. If you hit me with a T-H-E-R-E, we're golden. If you hit me with anything else, not quite. And then last, Luke, I am your father. Probably not in that accent either. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Came from which popular character in uh, the Star Wars series? If you answered Darth Vader, you would be absolutely correct. You know, Star Wars references trip me up badly because, and don't hate me and don't turn it off after you hear what you're getting ready to hear, but I am not the biggest Star Wars fan. I just, you could give me any Star Wars reference you want and I will look at you with a blank stare because I don't know them because I, listen, people go all out for Star Wars and I love it because of the general theory, uh, but it just did not. It just didn't move me in the way that it's moved up. Now, there's other movies that have moved me in the way that it probably hasn't moved you. And that's okay. But don't hate me because <laughs> Star Wars fans are like, you what? And then they're quick to disown you. Don't disown me. I need help. I need love and support. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's all for the culture trivia. I hope you did well. If not, we'll take another swing at it next week. And I'm glad that you can make room for a little bit of fun. Now, welcome back, uh, good people, to yet another episode in the new year of The Midweek Muscle with me, your gracious hostess. Um, and, you know, just this week, just another gut punch to add to that new year perspective. And and so I start that by asking, like, what is your, what is your brand or what is your seal, like your, the thing that represents you? Like, do you have, you know how some families have family crests and family seals that represent what they stand for as an institution or as an organ? Like, families are institutions of values, right? Um, now, it's not necessarily the institution like we know of by watching The Crown or by going through the, the series of what Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have taken us through with the royal family. However, you know, it is your own personal representation of what your family stands for, right? Um, and so even if it's not on that same scale, it's still an institution of values that your family holds accountable to anyone with that last name. Uh, maybe you have a saying, or maybe you have a quote, or maybe you have a thing that you all do and it's been passed down from generation to generation, or maybe you have none of that because you're starting your own things fresh. And again, what it, you know? What are some things that you've been able to do that maybe your family has not been particularly great at? Um, and you know, I know a lot of adults or young adults out there that are wishing to to break what they call generational curses. Well, for for them, that can be like this culture of negativity or this culture of being stuck in a cycle. And so that is part of your, like, your your family seal or your seal or your crest, right? So just putting it out there, right? So what is yours? What, like, if you've even put thought to it, do you have 
something that you want that to stand for or mean. And the reason why I'm asking is because I'm reading a book. Uh, it's called The Alchemist. Uh, it's very popular. And I, I, it was brought to my attention by a colleague of mine. And I said, hey, I'm going to read it. It was supposed to be last year. Never made my way around to it. And I said over the uh, sort of holiday break that I would at least get my mind wrapped around a book. And this is the one I chose. Now, I, I am going to have to read this one again. Right, because I, I know that there are some concepts that I'm just missing because I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. Um, maybe for a lack of good listening, or maybe it was just from a lack of understanding. Maybe it's both. Uh, but this is one that I will have to read again um, because for me, it is very difficult to succinctly place everything that's happening into simple words for you to understand where it is that I'm coming from. However, the gist of what I know so far is that the story talks about um, this boy who is on a quest to uh, sort of change the dynamic of his family, seal his what his family is known for um, by challenging what he knows. And what he knows is the... Uh, his very humble beginnings. Uh, he's, he comes from farming and, you know, essentially what we call, what we would identify as living paycheck to paycheck only. Um, this is like ancient farming where it's like we have coins. Um, and he comes from a family that didn't have much. However, um, he, when he goes to bed at night, he has visions or even dreams that he seeks to have, um, you know, interpreted or read by those he identifies as much wiser than him or even older than him or has the ability to interpret dreams like palm or tarot readers or, you know, in the book they say gypsies or whatever. Um, and one thing that he finds out through, you know, stopping by multiple people of interpreting, of helping him to interpret what his dreams mean, is that he may be entitled to riches somehow, some way, uh, that are specifically assigned to him, but not without a journey that also invites him to acquiring something called a personal legend. And uh, so he spends a lot of time interviewing these wise people, he, he sets out on a journey to understand more about what this means. And this quote in particular stood out to me. So please excuse the, um, I guess the, the media recording is a little bit fuzzy if you ask me. Um, and it is read through, you know, an actor's voice, um, which might seem a little bit jarring to my um, so I apologize for that in advance, but here's a little clip of uh, the wise person speaking to the narration of the book and the wise person speaking to that of uh, personal legend. Here, let's take a listen. I thought you were going to teach me some of the things you know. A while ago, I rode through the desert with a man who had books on alchemy, but I wasn't able to learn anything from them. There is only one way to learn, the alchemist answered. It's through action. Everything you need to know 
you have learned through your journey. You need to learn only one thing more. The boy wanted to know what that was, but the alchemist was searching the horizon, looking for the falcon. Why are you called the alchemist? Because that's what I am. And what went wrong when other alchemists tried to make gold and were unable to do so? They were looking only for gold, his companion answered. They were seeking the treasure of their personal legend without wanting actually to live out the personal legend. What is it that I still need to know? the boy asked. But the alchemist continued to look to the horizon. Now, me in particular, I think that's deep because it speaks volumes to how many people move through life. Uh, and that quote in particular is just so strong for me because um, whether it's children, whether it's young people, um, whether it's their parents or a family dynamic, whether you're an educator or a medical personnel or you work in finance or you work in uh, any sales or, or industrial, anything that you do, it doesn't matter. Like whether you're a job seeker because you haven't figured that out. Um, you know, we know that we have a new year, so new job searches are happening. And all in all, we just have people trying to get by. But uh, but I have this one particular example that relates to this quote um, that directly aims at parents and children and their children, particularly at sports games. Um, and you can tell who gave me this inspiration, right? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Love him. Um, but I'm, I'm, and I think I'm sharing this because the the narration. In the book talks about this personal legend, right? Um, and I, I think I believe that this reference that I'm about to give you, in my mind, this idea of a personal legend uh, in this example goes hand in hand because it's a it, it, it's like that personal legend being lived out loud, right? So you heard the narrator go through the course of the book by saying that people want the treasure of their personal legend without living out their personal legend. And I know that I'm paraphrasing here, so uh, forgive me, but the immediate reference that I can think of that is very tangible uh, and it makes a lot of sense in my mind is what I witnessed this weekend. And I know this happens all over the place, which is why I think it's very relatable. And that's watching children's sporting events. So there, I was at a basketball game this weekend, and I was at many of them this weekend. It was almost like back to back to back to back. Every day, starting from Thursday into Sunday, even Monday's practice, I was doing something with basketball. Um, so I'm not, I'm not bitter and I'm not venting. <laughs> just just want you to know I, I've seen a lot. So this isn't N of one. This is N of many. Um, and so I was watching a basketball game over this weekend. And actually, it, I, I think nothing gets parents more worked up 
<laughs> than what they think is a terrible call uh, from the referee, of course, right? Or from the coach. And so regardless of where that worked up came from, uh, in some of these games, that when parents get worked up, it leads to stuff like getting kicked out, um, they're bad-mouthing the coaches, the refs, the other parents, uh, fighting, <laughs> like literally fighting each other. It's bad. It gets really bad. Um, and there's so many people out there who will straight boss up for their kids. Yet, are we showing them, our kids, the example? I I cannot feel like in my heart of hearts say that when those moments happen, that those parents are representing their personal legends, like in their fullness. They may think so, but are they really? And and my answer, I think is no. Um, So the example that I saw uh, was that, and it was immediately related to a girls basketball game. So not even on the team that I was watching. Uh, It was a girls basketball team uh, that you know, we had no reason to be there, but it was immediately right after the game that we played and uh, it was affiliated with my son's team. So we knew a few of the people and we decided to stay and watch. And of course I was cheering because my my son was telling me the details of how they weren't doing so great in their season. And so uh, it, it may have just been encouraging in my mind. It may have been encouraging to hear someone cheering for our team as we're making plays because they thought they were playing really well um, for their age group. And so uh, let's just put it this way. Out of nowhere, the ref blows the whistle. We're in the second half. The ref blows the whistle and turns over and looks at a parent uh, and indicates something like this. You will not talk to me that way. Your behavior has been inappropriate and you have to get out, period, right? So that stops everybody, right? Now we're looking. Who are you talking to? What does this person look like? And what's happening? And y'all, it was someone's, like, grandparent. And we're thinking, like, no, not this lady right here. No. The ref proceeds after the parent says, or, you know, this could be the caregiver or the guardian, right? So not just a grandparent, like, that's my guardian, right? We don't know their situation. We just know that he's talking to this elder woman, uh, complete white hair, you know, just again, just elder woman. And, uh, she responds with, I didn't do anything. The ref continues, like you approach me during our break and try to tell me how to do what I'm supposed to do. And it was inappropriate. And now you're over here making inappropriate references and I don't appreciate it. And you need to get out now. The parent goes back or the guardian goes back. I'm not leaving without my athlete. You can't kick me out. And so the ref says, I don't care who your athlete is. You need to get out. And so this back and forth is happening that causes other parents to jump in into the action. Now, of course, they get everything settled. Now, of course, they get everything settled and, and they're doing okay. Um, and the game resumes, right? 
we had a blip on the radar and, and we had a glitch and now we're moving on, right? Wrong. Well, as um, the game resumes and the same offense that had just happened to the athlete, uh, you know, they, the athlete got pumped, fell down to the ground, was injured. Um, it now happened to the opposing team after that sort of exchange between the ref and the, the participants, right? The, the, the elder woman. Um, so the girl fell and, and was injured. And that's what created that back and forth between the ref and the, the elder woman. Now the game resumes and the same thing happens again, but yet on the other team where the girl was bumped by a member of the opposing team and now someone on the other side of the 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 court was saying something about hey they got bumped and they got technical and of course they have a clear this out so why are we not getting the same treatment why is that not a technical because obviously with that back and forth the game got increasingly intense and it was a little more physical play now as soon as that happened, there was another parent that chimed in that said, you need to stop. But it wasn't just a you need to stop in the way that I shared with you. It was explosive. It was aggressive. It was volatile. And before you know it, there are parents in the stands now arguing with each other. One team versus the other team and other parents chiming in and more parents chiming in. And when you really think about it, like that aggressive nature and that explosive nature and that intensity was behind a girl's basketball game. I mean, I'm not calling anyone's, you know, experience insignificant, but that event is a blip on the radars of their lives. And with that intensity of the back and forth and the intensity of the ref with that elder woman, it ultimately led to a canceled game. Now, you know, sometimes when I sit back and watch these things occur, I see nothing more in my lens. I see nothing more than parents trying to do their jobs and try to be good parents and maybe even working out some of their own personal traumas out loud. Like, yeah. Um, but again, without with removing that judgmental piece of my eye, uh, we go back to the book around this idea of, a, uh, of around the legend, right? Their personal legend may have nothing to do with their parenting. However, their parenting will be a reflection of their personal legend. And how many people have that duty and responsibility of being a parent and yet behave in ways that I just described a little bit earlier. It's wild, right? Um, and so, I, you know, I was watching the Golden Globes yesterday. Um, it runs late, I know, but uh, it, it was, I know I'm taking a hard switch very quickly and I'm sorry, uh, but I was watching the Golden Globes yesterday and Steven Spielberg had won big time. Um, and in one of his last wins of the evening, um, he, he 
talked about something that I think has a little bit to do with what we're talking about with personal legends even here today um, or right now. And I promise I'm going to bring you right back around to the point after you hear this clip. I'm just saying, and I'm, I, I'm really, really happy about this. Uh, but I'm, there's, I think there's five people happier than I am. There's my sister Anne, my sister Sue, my sister Nancy. There's my dad Arnold and my mom Leah. She is up there cavelling about this right now. <laughs> you know, I, 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 uh, I've been hiding from this story since I was 17 years old. Um, I put a lot of things in my way of this story. Um, I, I told this story in parts and parcels all through my career. E.T. has a lot to do with this story. The Close Encounters has a lot to do with this story. But I never had the courage to hit this story head on until Tony Kushner, when we were working on Munich, which is a long time ago, sat me down and said, start telling me about all these stories I've heard about your life. And we started a conversation. And the conversation lasted all through Munich, all through Lincoln, all through West Side Story. And my wife, Kate, was always saying, you have to tell this story. And uh, during COVID, I didn't know if we, any of us were going to have the chance to tell any of our stories again in, uh, in March, April, May of uh, 2020. So we sat down to, to tell a story which is, um, I think everything I've done up to this point has made me ready to finally be honest about the fact that it's not easy to be a kid, the fact that everybody sees me as a, everybody sees me as a success story, and everybody sees all of us the way they perceive us based on how they get the information. But nobody really knows who we are until we're courageous enough to f tell everyone who we are. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out when I could tell that story. And I figured out when I turned about 74 years old, I said, you better do it now. <laughs> You better do it now. So, and th I'm really, really happy I did. Thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press, for this honor. And thank you, all my entire team, Michelle Williams and, and Paul Dano and, and, and uh, Judd Hirsch and Seth and, the gir and, and all the girls and, and, and Gabriel LaBelle, who is a much better person in my movie playing me as I was playing me in my life. <laughs> and everyone else who was a part of this uh, 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 just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Okay, so Abby, I'm not a crystal ball wanderer, but I think I can link some dots here. So again, this was at the Golden Globes last night, and it it really relates on how he said I it took me 74 years to have the courage and the bravery to tell my story. Um, and, I, and I was trying to do that through sprinkles of all of these movies that have done so well over the years, but I didn't quite tell it from my lens. And this is where I have the courage to do so. And I hope that everybody finds the courage to tell their stories uh, so that it helps other people understand who you are, right? Uh, and I just thought that was so uh, solid, right? Because 
that that's all a personal legend is is who are you and what do you stand for what do you represent what are the stories that made you what were the stories that broke you and what were the stories that helped you to overcome um, and those are representations of your seal um, but to the point of the book many people want the treasures of that of that personal legend without actually living it and you know if we look at the direct line of steven spielberg like the treasure of his personal legend is he were he was telling snippets of his story through screen screenwriting and storytelling and directing and producing. Um, and so again, he had to live that out in order to gain the courage to tell it. Right. Um, but many people want the other side of that glory without going through the hard work of really digging deep and, and getting to it. So again, uh, without rambling and mumbling on uh, this year, through a newly adjusted attitude, um, you know, I, I, I want us to take a look at something. Last week, we spoke on three things to for you to write down for what you want out of this new year. And here's a chance to revisit that this week if you have not or did not place any more thought to it outside of our time together last week. This year, with that newly adjusted attitude, and about the things that I control, because trust me, there will be many things outside of your control. What are two things that you hope to achieve? One thing that you hope for for other people in your life and one thing uh, that you hope happens for you. And I hope that really sinks in this week because it, it made a lot of sense when I talk about the fruit I reap when I act, when I get a chance to uh live out a personal legend and what I want my personal legend to actually represent. If if that is designated, if my personal legend is designated to me or I get to choose it, what am I choosing and how am I choosing? And so this year, I know that I last week talked about, I want to be a wedge, right? A wedge to either project something uh, to stop a stream of worry thoughts or negative thoughts or to be a wedge, a projectile. Like, how can I allow something that meets me in the space that it meets me and send it in a greater trajectory onward? Not just let it stop with me, right? Um, and I have actualized some of that even in this week, even when I just look at it from a very minor scale. Um, and so is that a part of my personal legend? I don't know. Or am I practicing something that I eventually want uh, to be a part of that personal legend? Not sure. Uh, but I do know that with intentionality, you know, things can be activated right away. However, I do have this quick loving kindness exercise that I learned also last week that I hope you can take with you throughout the rest of this week and take on, that helps you take on week two of the new year. And it goes a little something like this. Hey, you, you, yeah, you, yeah. I will call you by name, but since I'm speaking to many people at the same time, I'll just say you because this is this time is for me and you, right? Um, so I have a few things for you, and it goes a little something like this. Like, may you be safe and protected. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be healthy and strong. And may you be at ease accepting the changing conditions of life. Good people, I hope that this can help you take on a week that suggests there's so much difficulty 
but yet with a newly adjusted attitude about what you can control, you feel better at peace taking on another week with a fresh perspective. Hey, thank you for spending time with me this week. I know we ran a little bit over, um, but I wish that loving kindness for you today, tomorrow, and until we meet again and on and on as you seek out the aspirations of your heart and the desires within. Hey, y'all, peace and have a great week. And until next week, I'll see you. Have a great week. And as always, let's go.